Hello and welcome to Minor 16, the podcast where I give you all the best Apple news that there is out there to be found. My name's David Lewis and I've got lots to bring you on the show this week. But first of all, before we get going on the podcast, I just wanted to say thank you to Travis MCP and to yourselves for all the lovely comments and messages I had about the last podcast where, of course, Travis was our special guest. And the good news is that we've got somebody else, another big YouTuber from the States coming on sometime in May, I think. It'll be the second or towards the back end of May, certainly second half of May, that we've got another guest coming on to the podcast with us. So that's something to look forward to. And uh, since I was last with you, of course, our clocks have gone forwards, backwards, whatever happens. And we've got the long summer nights now. Isn't it wonderful? It just makes your soul feel better when things don't shut up at like seven o'clock in the evening. It's dark and gloomy. You can get out and enjoy the long summer evenings. It is beautiful. And also, since I last spoke to you, I have got around, well, I've turned another year older. <laughs> it was my birthday in between this podcast and the last one. But uh, also, I've got around to finally order myself a MacBook Pro. Yes, I'm going to be joining in with the legion of people using Apple Silicon. So I ummed and ahed, and you may have read on my blogs and seen possibly on YouTube. I've been trying to decide which way to go. But for me, I decided in the end, because I've kind of got a hybrid working situation at the moment where occasionally I'm working at an office, and sometimes working here in the studio, what I needed was a rig that was able to be moved around. So that meant a laptop. Now, I've always erred for desktop setups because I like the space. And before now, it's the power that uh, the desktop bought that really attracted me. But of course, everything has changed with Apple Silicon. So what I have decided to go for is a 16-inch MacBook Pro with the M1 Max chip inside of it, 32 gigs of unified memory and two terabytes of storage. Uh, that should give me plenty of headroom in both respects. And then to go alongside that, I have also ordered a studio display. So when I'm working purely, say, in the office, I can hook the MacBook up to the display and I've got the beautiful display to work along with. And then when I'm back here in the studio, where space is a little smaller, I can just use the MacBook Pro. But of course, that has actually got the finer screen on. That's the best screen they make outside of the Pro Display XDR. So it's no real hardship. And I'm really looking forward to it turning up. The only bad bit of news was that there's long lead times. I've got mention of that in the uh, in the podcast to come, actually. But uh, there are long lead times at the moment, so I'm not anticipating getting my uh, MacBook Pro until the middle or beginning to middle of May. And then the display is going to be about a month after that. But I think there'll be something coming up on YouTube uh, about when I receive them and how, I've, how I'm finding them coming from an Intel Mac, of course. It's going to be all new to me. I'm late to this party, but I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, enough of all of that. Let's get on to the news and something else that was confirmed in the couple of weeks since we've been together was WWDC. We knew it's coming up. Of course, it's the developers conference that takes place every summer. And its main aim is to bring you all the new software that's coming. So it'll be iOSs across all of the range for Mac, for uh, iPad, for iPhone, for watch and for TV. All of the new iOS will be coming. But also we're expecting to see some new hardware. And there's been a lot of speculation as to what hardware we may be getting and indeed what chips they're going to be unveiling. So, so, so. If we go back to the last event, Peak Performance, we all know that they teased us by uh, saying that the Mac Pro was coming, but that was for another day. So we're all wondering if this is going to be that other day when at least they show us what the Mac Pro is going to look like. I don't expect there to be any hardware necessarily that ships straight after WWDC, but we might get a look at the Mac Pro. Also, we may get a look at the AR VR headset. And I say that because uh, apparently in iOS 16, 
it is full of references towards the headset and how it's going to integrate with iPhone. So we're thinking possibly they might at least show us the operating system for the headset at WWDC, which would give the developers enough time to begin making apps because, as we know, it's going to have its own dedicated app store when it does finally uh, launch with us. So it makes sense to give the developers a little bit of time to begin working ahead. And so we might see something to do with the uh, headsets uh, operating system at the summer event. And also on the hardware, Matt Gurman has been saying that he's pretty sure there are two Macs coming in the summer. And of course, that would time very nicely with the WWDC event, which is the 6th of June. It's a Monday, a normal time around about six o'clock our time over here in the UK. Well, one of the Macs has certainly been given up uh, by Apple because the Studio Display actually has firmware. It's running a full operating system inside of it. And buried deep within that firmware, there was a little clue saying that there is a Mac coming called, well, in, in the firmware itself, it's called Mac Mini 10,1. So there's definitely a Mac Mini coming, and we would expect that to be coming at the summer conference. And we're not sure if that's going to be running the M1 Pro chip maybe inside of it, or will they bring the M2 chip to the summer event? And then the other Mac, see, I didn't think this was going to be the case, but German is suggesting that the new colourful redesigned MacBook Air will be coming in the summer as well. I thought that they would possibly hold that back until the autumn when all the schools are going back and the college students are going back for education. But uh, it seemed to fit in very well with that time to my reckoning. I know they've got a lot of Macs to get through this year, um, but German is suggesting that we're going to be seeing the MacBook Air and quite possibly now the Mac Mini coming out at the summer event at WWDC. So that has been announced since we were last together. Carrying on now, I've got a couple of stories about Apple Watch. And the first of them is kind of good news, but not such good news, really. It looks like some of the features that we're waiting to get onto Apple Watch, such as glucose monitoring and blood pressure sensors, they're still years away from becoming reality. But temperature sensors, now they seem like they are coming possibly as soon as to the next Apple watch the series eight but the odd thing is it doesn't actually measure your temperature and tell you what your temperature is it's only going to be available to women funny enough that uh, for fertility planning so whilst i'll applaud the efforts it seems just a little half baked to me that the data is clearly there that they give the user the information to tell them what their actual core body temperature is and yet they've stopped shy of doing that and i don't know why apple have the option here to make a real difference and, and get ahead of the game. They could be one of the major players in wearable healthcare products on the market. And they just seem to have stopped short for some reason. I'm sure if we were talking to their R&D department, that'd be a very good idea. But certainly standing on the edges looking in, you kind of think, well, you're, you're halfway there, more than halfway there. Why not go to full hog and actually give us the temperature sensor on the watch? It must be something that we're all missing. But anyway, it looks like kind of temperature um, sensors may be coming to Apple Watch Series 8. And whilst we're talking about the watches, on OS 9, which of course is going to be the new OS that's running on the watches, along with that possible temperature uh, sensor, there's also going to be a new low power mode. So until now, if you had an Apple Watch, you had to, as the user, go into the power reserve mode or wait for the battery to fall beneath 10%. Well, now on the new OS, it will do it for you. Low power mode will be included, we think, in the new OS, which is bundled uh, coming together in WWDC's event in June. And uh, yeah, so you won't have to do anything. It will automatically kick in. It will leave certain apps running, I believe, before that it just left the clock running. 
but uh, it's going to leave certain other essential apps running now. And that's reported in Bloomberg News. So again, it's a good source that that's come from. And I don't have myself an Apple Watch yet. Am I missing out? I really want to know. I can't see how it really fit in with my sort of day-to-day workflow. I'm sitting in front of a screen most of the time, so I kind of know the time. I can see my messages. I can see my emails. I don't really see that a watch is for me, but if I'm missing out on something, do let me know. And if you want to get in touch with me in between podcasts, you can do it via email, which is david at talkingtechandaudio.com. Of course, you can reach me on Twitter, which is dtalkingtech. So we've done the watches and we've done WWDC. Why don't we talk about iPhones? We're going to go in chronological order. I'm going to start with iPhone 14. And believe it or not, I've actually got some news about iPhone 15 as well. Well, on iPhone 14, if you're the sorry kind of individual that loses sleep at night worrying about the size of your bezels, (laughs) and until I got into this game of reporting on Apple, I never realised how much bezels were kind of a thing that people got concerned about. Apparently it is. Well, if you are concerned about your bezel size, on iPhone 14 that's coming later this year, the good news is they're going to reduce by a whole half a millimetre from 2.42 millimetres down to a very exacting 1.95 millimetres. I got this info from a great leaker over on Twitter called (laughs) Shrimp Apple Pro. I'll try and leave some links to their account in the show notes for this podcast. But I've got some great information from him and he seems... He, she, they seem pretty reliable. And they're certainly saying that the bezels are going to be reducing in size. And carrying on now to Apple 15, Apple, sorry, iPhone 15, which is over a year away, but already, already, there are some stories coming out about that. Now, you, if you've been following the Apple news, you may have heard stories that they were looking into a periscope lens. Well, that story seems to be gathering some pace. Apple have secured some production uh, space over in a facility in South Korea from a company called Jawa Electronics. This was reported in the ELEC recently, and they were saying that the Cupertino company has reportedly invested and paid over $155 million to secure that production space so that they can be making optical image stabilisation actuators. Sounds like something from Batman, but to you and me, that is the periscope lens. And that's the kind of lens that pops out like a little tower at the back of your phone, helping with the, I assume, an increased zoom from your camera. But uh, not this year, but talking about possibly coming onto iPhone 15. So I've given you iPhone 14 stories and iPhone 15 stories. Tell me, where else do you get this kind of attention to detail? I go rooting through, even when it's quiet out here on the Apple streets, I try to find some great news for you. So if you're looking forward to Apple and iPhone news over the next little while, stay here because I'm sure I'll be able to find some more for you over the upcoming months. So YouTube, you may know that I have a a YouTube channel with uh, not all that many subscribers yet, enjoying it, but trying to just beat the algorithm and get some subscribers on. If you haven't uh, followed me over on there yet, why don't you do it? You'll find it at D Talking Tech and Audio, David Talking Tech and Audio. And uh, be lovely to have you watching the videos over there. They're on two or three times a week. But uh, talking of YouTube, their PR department are normally really, really hot and spot on, but they made a little bit of a blooper recently. Earlier this week, they uh, sent out a press release saying that YouTube was going to be available on iOS with picture in picture. The idea being you could start off a YouTube video, but then you could shut down the app and carry on watching that video. But uh, And it was going to be available, apparently, I say apparently, to both premium payers like myself. I pay for YouTube about £12 a month to get rid of the adverts or to uh, non-premium viewers as well. So the idea being, as I say, you could carry on watching your video with the app open or not, but it seems there was a little bit of a boo-boo in the PR department. That press release was very quickly taken down from Twitter and YouTube explained, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Now we're going to roll back on that. We weren't meaning YouTube, we're meaning YouTube 
TV. <laughs> so if you got excited thinking you could watch picture in picture with YouTube, it's not quite with us yet, but I believe it's already on Android. If you happen to know an Android user, do let me know. Can you watch picture in picture on an Android handset? I know they've got one or two things that they can do that we yet can't. And if that's one of them, yeah, that would be another nice little feature, wouldn't it? It's ages since I've touched an Android headset. It really is a very, very long time. So I mentioned that iOS 16 will be coming out at WWDC in June, but are you kind of bored with what we've got at the moment? What would you like to see on the new iOS that's coming out? All they seem to be doing at the moment is uh, kind of dressing up slightly, but rolling out the same interface. It looks exactly the same year after year after year. And wouldn't it just be lovely for a time if we could dream that they're going to give us something really, really different and new. On Twitter, I've seen a few people doing these real minimal home screens. I'm not sure where they're getting them from, but they look absolutely stunning. It just makes the phone look so much fresher. But I mean, all we're hearing at the moment, although there is quite a good lockdown on the iOS leaks at the moment, all we're kind of hearing is possibly widgets, interactive icons, but I'm thinking a completely redesigned control centre would be stunning and just a, a really fresh looking approach to how the home screen looks and to how the controls looked. It's kind of getting a little bit bored. I mean, I'm a, a die-in-the-wool iPhone user and Apple users. I'm not going to vary. I'm not going to walk away from it. I know they kind of got me cornered, but it would just be lovely to open up a new phone and it to look somewhat different because the I think the body of iPhone 14 this year isn't going to look that much different to what we've been uh, experiencing over the last couple of years. I believe next year's phone might be a big upgrade, but with iPhone 14, I don't think it's going to look that different. So to have a really different, a really radically different operating system on there would look great. And something else that I'm considering for the first time ever is my phone, my current phone, which is an iPhone 12. That comes up for renewal. It's out of contract at the end of this year. And I've done the sums and I'm actually paying a king's ransom to do the phone through carrier support. I think it ends up costing me probably about an extra two to four hundred pounds more than it would cost to buy the phone outright at the beginning. And of course, then at the end, I'd also have an iPhone that I could sell as well. So this year, for the first time, I'm thinking possibly, I'm not sure yet, but thinking possibly of buying the phone outright. How do you get your iPhones? Is it on carrier support or do you buy them outright? Because of course, then I'm thinking if I go and buy the phone outright, I can get a data-only card, which is going to be a lot cheaper. I pay way too much to my carrier at the moment, way too much. So I can manage to bring that bill down, which that would considerably do, then I'm thinking it might well be the way forward. And the other thing I've learned is that uh, providers don't like giving the the biggest of the iPhones either. So if I, if I wanted the 14 Pro Max, they're not that keen on support on that. It's the middle of the road phones that they give a lot of support on. And that's where all the great deals come. But on the bigger phones, they're not so keen. So if I did want the 14 Pro Max, that would be another reason why possibly, possibly it'd be worth me looking at buying the phone outright myself. You're listening to me, David Lewis, and this is Minus 16, the Apple News podcast. There is another new store coming, believe it or not, and it's in a place that you may well have heard of. Does the name Wuhan mean anything to you? <laughs> I'm sure it does. Well, uh, flicking through the Apple websites as I do, getting ready for these podcasts and for the videos, they have got a holding page on their website over in Wuhan. There's no date being announced yet, or at least given out to the press, but it looks like there's going to be another store opening up soon in Wuhan. It's the first one over there, and the march of Apple never seems to cease to stop, does it? It really doesn't. It's a company that knows how to make things happen. And speaking of which, 
Shipments of uh, Macs are growing like never before. Whilst the global pandemic for the booming computers may at last be abating, the same cannot be said for Apple's sales figures. In figures just released, it shows that sales figures for Apple grew 4.3% year on year, while their biggest rivals, who are HP, saw a slump of 18% or very nearly 18%. And in actual figures... In the year to date, Apple shipped 7.2 million desktops and laptops, which is up from 6.9 million in the same period last year. So say what you will about Apple. I know not everybody loves them, but they certainly have got a great business plan and know how to make serious amounts of money. That's a lot of units to ship, 7.2 million desktops and laptops. And just think, I'm one of them. <laughs> I haven't got my hands on it. They can't get it to me anytime soon but at least I'm one of those figures. And uh, yeah, I look at those figures and it is just amazing. And talking about looking at figures, I wrote in a blog last week that Elon Musk decided he wanted to have his little bit of Twitter. So he stumped up some money and bought up 9.1% of the company last week to become the largest shareholder. Well, I'm guessing that he liked the candles in the boardroom because in a letter filed today as of recording this podcast to the SEC, Elon Musk has offered to buy the entire company, like you do. When you look at a single share, not bad. $54.20 per share, but he's <laughs> offered to buy the entire company, which puts a valuation on Twitter at $43 billion, and he's willing to buy the whole thing in cash. His letter goes on to state that uh, it's a social platform that has extraordinary potential, which I will unlock. And when I say I'm not meaning me, of course, I'm meaning Mr. Elon Musk. But he does go on to make this point, almost a veiled threat that it is his best and final offer. And if his offer is not accepted, he will review his current position as a shareholder. <laughs> Do you think he's got them by the you-know-what? <laughs> it sounds like a little bit of a threat to me, doesn't it? I'm uh, kind of tying that together with boardroom talk because my show notes here say about how business at a level kind of scares and excites me. I've been watching on Apple TV and I'm really buying into Apple TV at the moment in a large way. I've been watching a couple of series on there and I'm up to date at the moment and it's kind of taken me back to the old way of watching television where you got an episode once a week and you had to wait. Last night I was sitting watching with the other half. I was sitting watching We Crashed and it was there was only episode six and I was click, click, click. No, we're up to date. Actually got to wait for the other two episodes to come along. If you haven't watched We Crashed, it's about a gentleman that started off a company called WeWork and it was shared office working space. So rather than say renting an office or getting your own office space, you would just pay for the time you want to go in to use this office space. And the idea being they grouped together similar creatives so that you were kind of working in a similar environment with other people of a like nature and like mind. And the idea was rather than working in a coffee shop, you would go into a WeWork facility and you'd have internet there, you'd have desk there, you'd have, the idea was free beer, that was always their thing. And it's a really great series and it kind of put me in mind of Elon Musk because uh, the, the man at the centre of it all, he was a serious spender, a really serious spender. And it's a fascinating series if you haven't watched it yet. We crashed on Apple TV and the other couple of things I've watched on there recently, a little bit of live baseball last Friday evening, don't understand a lot about live baseball. It now comes over live every Friday evening around about midnight UK time. I'm going to try and learn a little bit more. And I think when I've got my guest on with us in May, who is an American, I'm going to give him 60 seconds to explain the art of baseball to us. So I'm enjoying trying to get into a little bit of baseball. Uh, they've also got some sports documentaries coming up. They're dipping their toe very seriously into the sports arena this year, clearly Apple TV. So they've got live sport, plus they've got some sports documentaries coming up later on in May. 
and the other couple of things I've watched were the movie Coda, which won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. A fantastic movie. If you haven't watched it, have a box of tissues ready. It is a tearjerker and then some, but it's a fascinating and beautiful movie. And also been watching Slow Horses with Gary Oldman in it. Fantastic, fantastic viewing on Apple TV Plus at the moment. And the thing I like about it, it always feels like a, a real adventure, a real moment, something that's special. It's almost like going to the movies. The lighting is just stunning. In whatever program you're watching, the lighting is beautiful with Apple TV Plus. It took me a very long time to get my head around what Apple TV Plus is all about, but now I've got it, I'm really enjoying it. And I have got an older Apple TV, actually, in the bedroom. It's quite a few years old now. I had thought about upgrading to a 4K Apple TV, but I really don't know if I need it because on my main TV in the living room, it's it's a smart TV and it's got the Apple TV app built into it. So I can access everything through there. So I think to buy another box really would be a little bit of a waste of a of money and a little bit of a luxury that I wouldn't get a lot of use from. It's just, I do like my toys. Of toys, I ordered three things. As you know, I've told you I've ordered the MacBook Pro and the Studio Display. I also got myself some AirPod Pro. I've been wanting AirPod Pro for a very long time, predominantly for the noise cancelling, because when I go out for a walk, sometimes as the cars go past and you listen to spoken word podcasts, um, which is what I tend to listen to an awful lot of the time, I was losing some of the dialogue. So I really wanted to get some of the noise cancelling going on for me. And they work really well. The fit probably isn't quite as comfortable as a standard AirPod, but uh, it's just my luck. As soon as I go and buy them, they announced that almost certainly they're going to be releasing uh, Generation 2 AirPod Pro towards the end of this year. I don't know if it's going to be stemless or not. It's something I covered in a blog just recently. And again, I'll try and leave a link to that blog in the show notes of this podcast. So I've waited all this time. And then there's going to be a new set coming out towards the end of the year. But I am enjoying the sound is better. The fit, probably not quite as good. I've got, I've adjusted the silicon tips. I think I've got a medium in one ear and a small silicon tip in the other ear. And it's that kind of fit that makes a big difference to the noise isolation. But not only the fit, also, as soon as you put them in, you can hear the microphones doing the job and cutting out outside noise. It's a weird experience. I know some people have said it makes them feel a little bit sick, but I really like it. And it's done the job for me. Certainly when I'm out walking now, I'm not missing any of my podcasts. So I've still got a few items to bring you and it's been quiet recently. It's been quiet and yet still I've managed to bring you some good news on Minus 16. I hope you're enjoying it. Don't forget, if you do listen on Apple, please do rate and review in the podcast app. It really does help the show out. So if you're kind enough to do that, it would mean an awful lot to me. Apple and the environment. As we all know, going back a few years now when they started using less cellophane on boxes and so on, Apple are very serious about their effect on the environment as a company. And this week, Apple announced that over the past year, their suppliers have doubled their use of clean power. During the last year alone, the renewable energy program has avoided 13.9 million metric tons of carbon emissions and are now using over 10 gigawatts of clean energy out of nearly the 16 gigawatts that they use annually. So Apple's commitment to the environment continues at pace, and they've also just been building some renewable power stations in China and Japan as well, which should be saving around about another 500 megawatts of clean power. So Apple clearly very, very serious about the environment, as you would expect them to be. And talking of power, (laughs) it's a bit of a tenuous link, I'll I'll grant you, but there is a new power brick, a new power adapter coming out from Apple. It's the first time that they've released an an aftermarket, as it were, something you can buy after the fact, uh, as a a power brick. The idea being that it's going to have the the prongs at the back are going to fold flat, so it's easy to pack into a rucksack bag, even, I suppose, jacket pockets if you wanted to take it out with you. 
It's going to have two USB Type C ports running side by side on the front. So again, that's where it's energy efficient because you can have the plug in just once and yet charge up a couple of devices at the same time via USB C. And it's going to be a 35 watt charger. So it's going to be suitable for a whole range of products, including iPhones, iPads, HomePod minis, and the latest MacBook Air. But it could be, of course, the brand new MacBook Air by the time it comes out, because we're expecting the new MacBook Air to come in the June WWDC event, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And I've mentioned that I've got a MacBook Pro on the way. There was a news story that I saw that, uh, well, I I keep checking every day in the store just to see if my delivery date's been brought for, but it hasn't. It's still middle to end of May, so I've got to wait my MacBook Air to turn up. But according to Ming-Chi Kuo, um, he reports that Apple are experiencing extended delivery times at the moment due to component shortages and and result of ongoing lockdowns in China. So if you order direct from the Apple site, which is what I have done, I wanted to use the Apple Card, but we can't get it here in the UK because I think it gives you some credit that you can leave on the Apple Card. But sadly, it wasn't available in the UK. But anyway, if you order your Macs direct from Apple, the M1 Max and the M1 Pro, the two sort of more premium chips, they're showing a six to eight week delivery lead time, which is exactly what I'm experiencing because I ordered my Mac at the end of March. And if you go in store, there's going to be even longer delays experience. Now, that's a point. I went to a local reseller. It wasn't actually an Apple store, but I went to a reseller before buying my Mac. And I just asked them over the counter, this is what I'm thinking of buying. And it's a pretty well-spec machine. I mean, it's a 16-inch, it's 32 gigs of unified memory, two terabytes of storage. It's a, it's a serious bit of kit. And I just said to them, have you got anything? They didn't even bother to check on the database. Now, I know it was remote. They might have had one of those machines kicking about, but you would have thought it was at least worth looking on the database with head office in case of being an office, uh, an, an order cancelled. But no, they couldn't even be bothered to look. And I've used that company for a number of years but now I think I'm going to buy any Macs that I do purchase directly from directly from Apple. And when that Mac does turn up in the studio display, I know they won't exactly be new. The Mac will be probably about six, seven months old and the studio display about a month old. But I think I'll do something on my YouTube channel showing you what I'm making of them. I don't know if I do a full unboxing, but at least I'll be looking into them. So if you're the kind of person that's coming from an older Intel iMac or Intel Mac and you wonder what it's like to move on to Apple Silicon, hopefully I'll be able to relate that experience to you. And I've got just one more story, well, kind of two stories really, to bring you as we finish this uh, edition of Minus 16, the podcast with all the great Apple news. And it's just looking again at what products we may get soon. I've talked about AirPods. Well, AirPod Pro Gen, uh, AirPod Pro Gen 2, as I mentioned, is coming very, very soon. And the debate is stem or no stem. What would you prefer to see? Do you think uh, uh, the iconic stem, albeit smaller on the AirPod Pro, would look weird if it wasn't there? I kind of like the idea of not having a stem if they can make the sound good and all the interaction you get, because occasionally you do click on the stem for some of the functions that you want. So that's one product that may be coming soon. And of course, the Mac Pro as well. I mentioned, do you think we'll be getting that at WWDC? Or will we have to wait till later in the year? Apple have got an awful lot of bits of hardware to release this year. So <laughs> they really do need to be getting on, on their toes and getting some of these products out to us. But uh, let me know. You can get in touch with me, as I said, on Twitter, DTalkingTech, or you could email me, which is david at talkingtechandaudio.com. We'd love to hear from you during the course of the next couple of weeks before I'm back with you. I will be trying to get hold of some more content creators to come on the podcast as well. I'm busy in the background trying to reach out to people, but I know they've all got busy schedules, so I'm just waiting, hopefully, for a few emails to come back. 
But we have definitely got another creator coming on with us in May. And I can't wait for that. So I think all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for joining me on Minus 16. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do rate and review. And it's lovely to have you along for these uh, podcasts I'll put out every couple of weeks at the moment. So I'm going to go and put my feet up, watch a little bit of Apple TV, and I'll be back with you very soon with another podcast, Minus 16. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you very soon. 